Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Pastor Phil, and we've been pastoring this church for 21 years since its conception in 1996. And what I find is that a lot of people would say, you know, how do you do this for so long? How do you keep coming week after week after week after week? How do you come up with a sermon every Sunday for 21 years? Just about. Anyone? How do you stay in a marriage for 33 years? How do you do what you do? Why do you look so young and beautiful, Pastor Julie? You can ask me that question. Well, I'll tell you. Because I regularly submit myself and my marriage and this church to the presence of of God, and in His presence, I am reset right. every time I come into His presence. Every time I see the face of Jesus, He changes me from glory to glory to glory with ever increasing glory into His image. Every time this house comes into worship the way that we worship this morning. Thank you, Julie. That was like, wow. And the singers and I swear I heard angels. It was funny you talked about angels, Andrew. I heard angels singing with those voices. That was profound. Every time we do that, this house is being reset in the very presence of God, which stops it being stale, which stops it being religious, which stops it being ordinary. Put up your hand if there are times in your week that you feel like an ordinary human being. Okay. Well, I want to look this morning at the life of Jesus because I think if we want to talk about being reset, we need to look at the master and see how he does it. And I think if we watch what he does and do what he does, we might actually get stuff right. right. Who agrees with that? Amen? So here's Jesus. He's been on the earth 30 years. Everyone say 30 years. Now, apart from his birth, which is a, which is a bit of a, you know, uh, spectacular event, with stars in the sky, magi coming and gifts and shepherds coming and everyone talking about it and, you know, leaders trying to kill children to get rid of it. There, there was a bit of, you know, fluff and bubble around his birth. But from that time forward, from then, from his birth to when he's 30 years of age, he was basically living as an ordinary person. He was living on earth the way we live on earth so that he might understand how we think, how we function, how we live, how we grow. What does it feel like to be a small child learning to walk? What does it feel like to be a teenager in puberty? What does it feel like to be a young man and have the desires of a young man and try to deal with those desires? What does it feel like to grow into adulthood and have to leave your father and mother and try and find what your life is about? What does it feel like to learn how to be a carpenter from your father when all the time inside your heart you know there's more inside of you than being a carpenter? What does it feel like? Jesus knew what that felt like. But then there came this day, and there are always days in the kingdom of God. There are always moments. There are always divine moments when we are reset and realigned to the purpose, the original purpose that is on our lives, and this happened to Jesus. And we look in Luke 21, 23. 
to 20, uh, sorry, Luke 3, 21 to 23. We'll look at it on the screen if you haven't got your Bible with you. We're testing out a new mic. Is it working? Is it? Do I sound really, I won't say sexy. I won't say, do I sound sick? No. Is it loud enough? Because I feel like I'm yelling. Yeah? Good? Good? All right, if I could just have a bit more volume so I can, yeah. So Luke 3, 21 to 23. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. So we see here at the beginning, at the very beginning of the father coming and going, okay, you've lived this ordinary life for 30 years, but now it's time to put my superior plan into place. Now it's time for me to reset you, to move you, to realign you, to line you up with the actual mission for why you were put on the earth. But to do that, the very next first step you have to do is to be water baptized, to see the heavens open over your life, to see the Holy Spirit descend upon you and baptize you in the Holy Spirit, amen, and to hear my voice that says, this is my son, this is my daughter. Amen? After Jesus was baptized, then he is tempted and tested. How many of you know when you first get saved, it all seems beautiful, and then you go, whoa, what's going on now? And so he's taken into the wilderness, and it says in Luke 4, 1 to 2, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, full of the Holy Spirit. Don't enter into temptation, don't enter into testing unless you're full of the Holy Spirit because you may not win. Because without the Holy Spirit, we have nothing to fight with. So Jesus, not just a little bit of Holy Spirit, not just a quick rundi shundai before I ran out the door, but full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Oh, Pastor Julie, what's going on in my life? You know, there's so much stuff going on. I think the devil is attacking me. I think I'm like, what's going on? Where is God in all this? Do you know there are some times that you are led by the Spirit into tests and into temptation? You're actually led by the Spirit. What am I doing in this place? I don't know. God, where are you? Why are you doing this to me? You're led by the Spirit. And as long as you're full of the Holy Spirit... You'll come through the other end and you won't even be hungry. You won't even be thirsty because you'll be so full of the Holy Spirit. And then we read in verse 14. So he's tempted by the enemy for 40 days, 40 nights. We all know that. He didn't eat. He didn't drink for 40 days, 40 nights. And he passed all these various tests. And then we read in verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee, and now it's different. Yeah, he's been baptized with the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit. But after his temptation, after his testing, he is now what? In the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a resetting, there's a shifting, there's a gradual shifting that's happening with Jesus that should happen in every one of our lives. That we're baptized with the Holy Spirit fresh on regular occasions. How many of you know we leak? I leak, I know that, I leak. I get full of the Holy Spirit, then I leak. What happened? I don't know. I feel like a normal human being this morning. Yesterday, I was full of the Holy Spirit and I was prophesying and I was having dreams and I was having visions and I woke up this morning and I feel like an ordinary human being and the devil's in my ear and he's saying, you're just an ordinary human being. Who do you think you are? You can't do anything. But 
If I am baptized fresh in the Holy Spirit that morning, if I am full of the Holy Spirit that morning, by the way, if you speak in other tongues, you need to use it because it's your battery charger. How many of you know that batteries go low? Yeah? We, had, we were just on, a, in our, on our caravan and we had a smoke alarm. How many of you hate smoke alarms? Especially in caravans, when it goes off every time you boil the kettle. So I ripped it off the wall and I chucked it in the drawer in disgust. And then we could just hear this, ee, ee. I couldn't work out. We're looking everywhere. What is this noise? Ee, what is that noise? And we, we saw it, maybe it's low water, maybe we're low on power, we were checking everything out. And then Julie comes in, she said, you know what that is? That's the sound of a, a, a fire alarm that's low on batteries. Ah, I ripped it off the wall, I forgot to take the battery out. Now it's low on batteries and it's still irritating me. So what you gotta do, you gotta recharge that battery. You don't wanna walk around going, eh, 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 really? You know, you need to be like an energizer bunny. You know, full of power. Wonder working power in the blood. That's really good. And this is what happened. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. So now we see that when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we're full of the Holy Spirit, when we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, suddenly the name of Jesus begins to become famous around our world. Because why? Because when we're in this flow, everything around us is reset. Last night we had a wild party next door. Thank you, neighbours. Uh, you know, right at those times, and I'm, I've got my headphones in, I'm trying to pray, I'm worshipping, I'm speaking in tongues, and I can hear, you know, Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like it's coming through the whole house from 10 o'clock in the morning till about midnight last night. And they were plastered. Anyway, about 11 o'clock, you could hear this effing, 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 and all that going on. And there was a brawl down the backyard. And, you know, so what do I do in those situations? And all my kids laugh at me. They all laugh at me. Oh, here she goes. So I stand at the back door of my house. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over that atmosphere in that party. I declare, devil, you are now bound. And you are not going to cause anyone to be violent, to be angry or murderous. Because I could hear it was like, whoa, this is heavy. I put angels right down that fence line that they will not come into our yard at any time. And in the name of Jesus, I command peace. And I pray, God, that conviction would fall over that place and the whole atmosphere would be reset in the name of Jesus Christ. And I decree it and I declare it, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being full of the Holy Spirit, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Within two seconds, gone. They went home. You could hear them walking down to the river and we're walking along the river. We went to a party once, Phil and I, and we met some old friends from school. Who loves that? That's fun. And uh, we've changed. They haven't. They're still there. They're still alcoholics. They're still drug addicts. They're still doing the stuff. And there was this one guy, and I said to Phil, we need to talk to this guy because I feel like he's so close to death, like he's chronic alcoholic, and you look at him and go, this guy's not going to last much longer. He's just not. Right. I said, Phil, we really need to talk to this guy. He said, Julie, he is paralytic. <laughs> He's not going to understand one word. And so in the name of Jesus, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being full of the Holy Spirit, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, I prayed, Lord, I ask that you would totally take away that high that you would annihilate. And he's sitting there, this guy, we're trying to talk to him, he's sitting there. I'm saying it under my breath, of course. I'm not standing up in the party going, you know, I'm not that bold yet. But I'm saying it under my breath. Right then, at that moment, this guy goes, what the stuff is going on? And Phil goes, what's up, buddy? I just lost my high. Like, 
That's three bottles of Jack Daniels to get me there. Like, I don't know how much it was then, 150 bucks or something like that. And he was freaking out that he'd lost his sight. What happened? Who did it? What happened? We said, well, while you're straight, let's have a little chat. So we talked to him about the Lord. He cries his eyes out. He says the sinner's prayer. As soon as he's finished the sinner's prayer, he's paralytically drunk again by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? We've got something. We have something. We're not ordinary. There's nothing ordinary about us, is there? But what do we do with our extraordinary? Let's see what Jesus did. Just going forward because I've preached all that and I didn't even look at my notes. Pretty good. So Jesus now, baptised in the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, and the power of the Holy Spirit begins to go out. It's in the very next chapter of Luke. The very next chapter of Luke, he begins to go out. And wherever he went, whoever came into contact with this one who had been reset by eternity, became reset themselves. There was no one that could be in contact with Jesus that something didn't happen. Even if you were a Pharisee, you would be shaking in your boots and trying to justify what you were all about. I mean, we see Nicodemus has changed. We see prostitutes change. We see tax collectors called out. We see people changing. Let's have a look at it. And so it says here in Luke 4, 16 to 21, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Let's have a look at this first, what he does. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Notice that. It was his custom to go to church. Don't let it be a non-custom. They say right now, across the earth, there is a phenomena going on. Where people used to go to church twice on a Sunday, it went down to now we go to church once on a Sunday. And now, a few years later, only a few years later, the average person only goes to church about three times in a month, if that. So we're seeing here that it was his custom to go to church. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. They knew there was something different about the way that he read this prophecy. Amen. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this Joseph's son? You know, after he had read that scripture, he said these incredible words. He said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your sight. Today, things are being reset. Today, the King of Kings, the Messiah, the Lord of Lords is standing in your midst. And I am here to completely reset the world to completely reset humanity. I'm here to completely reset the fall. I'm here to come and shed my blood for the sins of mankind as a one-time sacrifice for all time so that I can reset mankind and connect them back to their heavenly Father, that they would know their Father as I know Him, that I could show Him what He's like, I can show them what he's like, what he, what he feels, what he loves like, what he touches like. I could be my father on earth and I could lead them back 
to their father's love. Today, there is a resetting. Amen? And then baptized and filled and in the power of the Holy Spirit, even though they tried to push him off a cliff, he walked straight through them as if invisible and said, it's not time yet. You'll get your chance to kill me. You can have your chance to kill me, but it's not time. Right now I'm being reset to bring change. Luke 4, 31, 37. Then, everybody say then. Then, as if that wasn't enough, he went down to Capernaum straight away. He walked away from that encounter, being reset by God. He didn't go and pray and fast for 10 years and try and be encouraged by evangelistic messages, how to reach the lost in three points. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath, he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, go away. What do you want with us? How many people tell you to go away? How many people tell you, what do you want with us? What do you Christians want from me? What are you trying to save me for? What are you trying to convert me for? Go away. What do you want with us? Jesus didn't even answer that. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. You know, when you walk into a situation, demons should begin to manifest. Because the Holy One of God is living inside of you. Situations should change. Atmospheres should change. Amen? And opportunities should make themselves. Jesus said, be quiet. How many people are you going to say that to when you're witnessing to them? Look, I don't know. I want to know about your God. Be quiet. He said sternly. And then he said, come out of him. Because he knew he wasn't speaking to a person. He knew that there are powers and principalities that control mankind that, are, that they don't even understand. That they're, they're, they're caught, that they're trapped, that they're prisoners. They're prisoners of sin. They're prisoners of addiction. They're prisoners of mental illness. They're prisoners. They're prisoners. And Jesus said in that very statement five minutes before, I have come to set the captives free. Preach the good news. I've come. The day of liberty has come. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. I I like that bit. You know, you can fall down in the Holy Spirit and it's the power of God. Do you know what I mean? And God can touch you and God can change you. Don't be afraid of the power of the Holy Spirit. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words are these? With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. That's good, isn't it? How long is it since you read Luke? It's good stuff. You probably need to read it again. And you probably need to just soak it in. You probably need to understand who it is that we serve and why do we come to church. And what is this thing called Christianity anyway? Is this just a belief system? Is this just a club we attend? Is this just something I believe in and I'm trying to be a good person and I've got great friends? What is this Christianity? We need to read the book of Luke and remember what this is all about. Then, everyone say then. Then. Jesus Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering with a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over, rebuked the fever and it left her. And then she got up once again and began to wait on them. Listen, if your wife is really sick and she's trying to cook a meal and the kids are sick and it's all happening at home, you as a man have the authority in your own household to lay hands on your wife, to lay hands on your kids and rebuke it and then you get to eat dinner. Like there's something in it for you. I mean, this woman gets off a sick bed and he goes, okay, Bring me food. It's all good. You can go back to what you were doing. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses, and laying his hands on each one of them, he healed them. 
Moreover, demons come out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and wouldn't allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. And then, after all that, everybody say then. What does he do? He's given out all this power. He stood in front of a whole synagogue. He's been nearly pushed off a cliff. He's gone and cast a demon out. He's healed a sick woman. He's laid hands on numerous people. We don't say how many are there, but many of them had demons and they came out. He's given out all this. What does he do? I'm Superman. I'm going to go for a week like this. I'm going to keep going until everybody on the earth is fixed because I am over-responsible and silly. No. What does he do? Then, at daybreak, in verse 42, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Jesus, the Son of God, carrying the power of God, full of the Holy Spirit, needed to go out to a solitary place. Why do we think that we're so, I don't know, I do it too. Like I got a little, a little touch from God, had a little encounter. I reckon this could last me about three weeks. Stretch it out, maybe four. What do you reckon? Four, stretch it out. And then you start to feel like the tank's empty, right? And then we quickly run, oh God, why do I always do that? I'm sorry. I feel so yuck without you. I don't know who I am. I've lost my identity. I've lost my anointing. I've lost my power. I've lost my peace. The kids are a mess. The wife's crazy. Everybody's going wrong. And I'm just a mess. And God, I don't know why. And he goes, shh. Come away to a solitary place with me. Amen. When we were just on holidays, we had, you know, some time, we had some time to relax. But most of the time, I was being grandma, and I love that. I just love it. I just love being able to go to Julie and Andrew at 6 o'clock in the morning and say, breakfast at grandma's, breakfast at nanny's for the kids, and you guys sleep in. So most mornings, we had the four kids for brekkie. We'd feed them brekkie, and we'd keep them like till 10, 10.30, so these guys could sleep in, get up, have a leisurely breakfast together, and actually talk to each other, Luke. Do you know what that feels like? To talk to each other without, she's got my phone, you know, all that going on in the morning. And all the, all the families and the parents said, amen, can you come to my house at six o'clock in the morning? So that's what we did. We didn't get that much rest, but I was sewing myself into my kids. But in the midst of that, some stuff went down and I got some news. And I thought, wow, you know, I'm pouring myself out for my family now. Because I'm on holidays, I'm trying not to carry the church while I'm on holidays, but I got some news. And it's like, what do I do with that? Do I sit straight down and get on my email, get on my messages, and try and sort this out? That's where we'd all first go. Or do I go into denial and just scroll through Facebook and just go, go to that blank place that we all go and look at everybody else's problems and think that mine aren't so bad? So I, this morning, I thought, okay, the kids are getting up at this time. I'll get up earlier. And so I got up really early, just as the sun was coming up, and I walked down to the beach. And I walked along this lonely stretch of beach, probably about three or four k's down, no one around, a few dingoes in the bush behind me, and I was pretty aware of that. But I thought, I got angels, amen, in Jesus' name. And so I just was praying and I was walking and I was pacing as you do, pacing and pacing and praying and praying, pacing and pacing and praying and praying, crying and crying and pacing and pacing, trying to solve this problem myself, but including God, kind of. And then he just goes, whoa, stop. So I said, okay. Jesus went to a solitary place. You can't be in a solitary place with God with all you bring everybody else in. Do you know what I mean? It's like Facebook. You're trying to, you know, just relax from it, but everybody's coming into your laundry and all their stuff. So I'm on the beach. Everybody's there with me. And he goes, stop. Don't come into a solitary place. 
So I said, okay. So I just put my earphones in, put some you know, piano music on that didn't interfere with my headspace, sat down on the beach and just went, okay. And I just closed my eyes. And as I closed my eyes, I saw an image of my bracelet broken. Hmm. Oh, there, darling. I saw it. That's how women do it, by the way. They just deal with stuff. They just deal with stuff. That's how we do it, don't we, Laura? You know, we just deal with stuff. Anyway, I saw an image of Jesus in his full, like his full robes coming out of the water, and it was like he'd walked on the water and come towards me. And he'd walked out of the water towards me, and I'm just sitting there going, okay, okay, this is good, I think. And I'm waiting to see the solutions that he's going to give me, the answers he's going to give me. Okay, you're here now. Give me the download. Quick, how do I get out of this situation? What do I do? What do I do? You know, he just went down on one knee. He took both my hands, looked at me in the eyes, and he said, just do what I told you to do in the first place. Follow me. And then he just walked back into the water. Just follow me. That's all I have to do, and everything will be okay? Yep. Just do what I called you to do in the first place. Follow me. Follow me. Be one with me. Be part of me. Let me be in you. Let you be in me. Let's be one like I and the Father are one. Let's be one. Let's be in the same space. Come to me, and I'll reset you. When you feel ordinary, I'll show you who you really are. When you feel tired, I'll give you energy. When you need comforting, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. When you need help, angels are ascending and descending upon Jesus in you. Come to me and follow me. It's good, isn't it? You know, when he went into that solitary place, the first thing that happened is it says the people were looking for him and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. You know, so many demands in this life will keep you from that solitary place. So many things will interrupt. So many demands. I'll just, I, I'm, oh, I'm the queen of I'll just. I'll just wash up and then I'll come, Lord and I'll go to that solitary place. I'll just answer these 50 emails. I'll just sort out those five problems. As you do as a pastor, you've probably got probably about 30 people's problems in your mind all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So how do you do that? And there's the demand on you. You can't go away to a solitary place. You have to meet the demands of the people. But Jesus stayed with his father. People were also trying to change what the father had told him to do. When Jesus said to me right then and there, just do what I told you to do at first. Follow me. Follow me. Do what I told you to do at first. What if I tried to change my, my plans that God has for me? What if I went, well, if I go this way, then people will like me. If I, if I move this way then I'll be popular. But you have to do what the Father says for you to do. And sometimes it's not popular to do what God is calling you to do. Amen? But he said to the people in verse 43, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom to your other towns also, because this is why I was sent. And he kept preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Now in chapter 5, we see Jesus calling now his first disciples. So now he's baptized, full of the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's being followed by crowds. He's becoming well-known and famous. He's displaying the Father's love. What is it like? What is the Father really like? I am my Father and my Father is me. Now he says, I need help. I need to share this. I need to share this with other people. 
And it says in Luke 5, 1 to 11, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. There was a moment, a moment in time, where these ordinary fishermen came face to face with Jesus and they saw who they really were. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you've been reset. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up off the shore, left everything and followed him. One minute, here's these guys living a pretty normal life. Who would agree? They'd wake up in the morning, just as it was always in their custom to do, probably before the sun, they'd set up their boats, they'd go out fishing for the day because that's what they did, just as their fathers before them had probably done. And everything was normal. Little did they know this particular day, when they woke up that morning, that everything was about to change, that their whole lives were about to to be reset. These ordinary men and women were about to meet face to face with the Messiah. And you cannot see the Messiah face to face and not be changed forever. You're not just changed for a minute. You're not just changed for a moment. You're not just changed for a season. You're changed forever. It's a forever thing. You can't help but follow him. I've got to follow him. I've got to get rid of everything, all my bags, everything that I've got. I can't help it. I've got to follow him. I have found the one that makes sense of my life. I found the one who knows me inside out. I found the one who has given me identity and destiny and purpose. I found the one who is the love of my life. Of course, I have to follow him, whatever it costs, whatever it takes, in Jesus' name. Amen. This would change them for the remainder of their lives. The day they encountered Jesus, they were reset. Got this silly thing come up. Go away. Now we just skip forward to Acts. And it says Acts 4, 1, 4 to 5. And so now they are here. They've sort of walked around with Jesus They've been with him. They're learning that he is the representation of the Father. They're following him. They're being taught by him. They want to copy him. They want to do what he's calling them to do. But they know that there's more. Everybody say they know there's more. Yes. And Jesus knew this too. Because how could they do what he had done? Unless they were baptized in the Holy Spirit unless they were full of the Holy Spirit, unless they went out in the power of the Holy Spirit. How could they do what he had done unless they had those three elements? So Acts 4, 5 to 8, on one occasion, this is 4 and 8, sorry. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days... You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus has died. He's gone. He's been resurrected. Amen. The whole earth has been reset by the forgiveness of sins. The blood of Jesus is cleansed. The whole thing's reset. Now he just needs some people to stay on the earth and clean up the mess. He's done the work. He needs people to clean the mess up. Amen. But he knows that they cannot touch the earth, unless they do it the way that he had done it, 
Amen? Baptized, full of, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power, it says in verse 8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Verse 5 says, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. And Acts 2, I'm nearly finished. We read this in various verses in Acts 2. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. And all of them were filled. Everyone say filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then Peter stood up with the 11 and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. This is Peter who had denied Christ three times, who had just given up on life, who was just like a weakling. His weakness had been exposed. He was useless. And Jesus had gone and spoken to him and said, Peter, follow me. Amen? Now this guy, this weak guy, this guy who couldn't even speak in public to say that he knew Jesus, he couldn't even tell people, I, he said, I don't know that man. Go away from me. I don't even know that man. I've never known that man. Three times he denied him. He was so gutless. But suddenly, filled with the Holy Spirit and in the power of the Holy Spirit, he had been reset and he stands up and he raised his voice and addresses the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both male and woman, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke and the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and the glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I will send you out baptized in the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in your own neighborhood, in the surrounding neighborhoods, and to the outermost parts of the earth. And I will be with you to the end of the age, Jesus says. Is that powerful? Jesus, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Listen, this promise is for my drunken neighbors. This promise is for people you meet in the street every day. Amen? For all whom the Lord will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number. That day. You want to know how to get church growth? Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit. Boldness, witnessing, sharing, being real, being like Jesus for goodness sake. The world doesn't need more religion. The world needs more people that are like Jesus. Just be like Jesus. That's all he asks. Just be like Jesus. Just be like Jesus. Have compassion. Have mercy. Open your mouth even though you're scared because you care. Be like Jesus. Amen. 3,000 were added to their number that day. Acts 17 describes these people as ones who turned the known world upside down. They turned it upside down. We're not meant to blend in, people. We're not meant to agree and blend in. We're meant to stand out. We're meant to turn the world upside down. 
We're meant to be like Jesus. We're meant to reset the earth. Not agree with the mess that it's in, but we're here to reset. Amen. Acts 14, 13 says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, ordinary, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Amen. When you meet with Jesus, you get reset. Every time you come into his presence, in prayer, in worship, in church, you reset. Once you're reset, it's time to go out and reset the world around you. Thank you, Jesus. It's amazing when you come into the presence of the Lord. Can I have the whole worship team, please? It's amazing when you come into the presence of the Lord, how you can be reset in a moment. Like, like just like that. He speaks to you and everything makes sense. It's like everything that was out here and scattered. It all comes into alignment and it makes sense. And when he speaks, we have to be obedient. Who knows that? We have to be obedient to the voice of God so that our lives go according to what the Father is saying for us in Jesus' name. We're suspended right now between two realities. There's the seen realm, the ordinary people realm, and there's the unseen realm where the extraordinary people dare to live. This morning, stand to your feet if you're extraordinary this morning. Hallelujah. Why don't we give the Lord a great hand that He made us extraordinary. And we should never be ordinary. Oh, Father, we thank you this morning. Just as every eye is closed right across this room. This morning in your heart of hearts, if that message spoke deeply to you about taking time out, being with Him, resetting your life, with every eye closed, just lift up one hand and let me see it. I'm going to pray for you. Every eye closed. If that message spoke to you this morning about getting away with God, resetting your life, hands going up all over the room. Father, I thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that there will come a resetting in these lives. God, that you would reset them back to their original purpose, back to the original plan, that your love, your redemption, your grace, God, would be outworked in their lives. Your forgiveness, your blessing, your hand of favour, your presence would be in their lives. In Jesus' name, you can put your hands down. Now just right across this room with every eye closed. You know, I read in those scriptures, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you confess it with your mouth, you will be saved. This morning, maybe you've gone to church, maybe you've done stuff, maybe you've been around Christians, but you don't really have an assurance that I can actually see Jesus, that I can find Jesus, that He's actually got that I have a personal relationship with Him. This morning it takes one prayer. Jesus, I believe in You. I ask You to come and live in my heart. Save me, change me, reset me this morning. Make me Your child. That's all it takes. Right across this room as the music lifts, just lift the music up. God's speaking to hearts right now, right across this room. He's calling you now. Jesus is calling. He says that He calls you by name. No one comes to the Jesus unless the Father calls them by name. Today He's saying Karen, He's saying Julie, He's saying Teresa. He's calling you by name this morning, right across this room. If that's you, as the music just lifts right up, lift up your hand high and say, Julie, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. From the front to the back, left to the right. Just lift your hands so I can see it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Any more? Come on. You can put your
I wonder if those people could just quickly come out of their seats and come to me. I want to pray with you. One, two, three, come. Come, 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 son. enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.